Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's International Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to the next edition of the CIO Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. You're with Stuart Haslam, as usual, Global Head of Communications for the International Private Bank. And I'm pleased to welcome back my friend and colleague, Zainab Ozturk. She's based in London. Here with me, she is the Chief Investment Officer in Europe, Middle East and Africa. How are you doing, Zainab? I'm very well, Stuart. How are you? I'm terrific. Thank you. Great to have you on the podcast. And thanks for all of our listeners uh, for tuning in again on a Monday morning. Um, Just as a reminder, we always record these podcasts on a Friday. Um, So we're a couple of days delayed before we publish. But with that in mind, Zainab, let's look back to, uh, well, last week for our listeners. And Monday was the most important meeting, perhaps, at the G20 in Indonesia where President Biden met President Xi Jinping from China. I'd love to start this podcast just with a takeaway from you on that meeting in particular. Sure, sure. Thank you, Stuart. Um, You're right. I think it was quite a a critical meeting that everyone was um, waiting to to hear and get the results. I think broadly G20 was a a critical um, period it came in because of all the situations that we're having in the world. The biggest gathering of economic forum kind of turned into a more like a political um, gathering uh, and the messages that came from most of the leaders around the dire situation of Ukraine and Russia um, was was very important. Um, so I had to start to mention that uh, because I think that was one of the biggest takeaways, which was also one of the notes uh, of Xi Jinping about giving his um, feedback around not being supportive of Russia and trying to see that the end of the war soon. Um, and his conversation with Biden, I think, was uh, quite important and critical in, in the fact that he was trying to emphasize the importance of their collaboration with the um, remaining part of the world, especially with the U.S., and they are really trying to strengthen the growth of China with the collaboration of U.S. in particular. Um, and one thing that I, I, I think we need to highlight that he kind of came with three pivots um, from his position following the leadership contest last month that he wants to really make sure economy is not at the back of the seats, but it's coming more on the forefront. His collaboration in US, as we mentioned, as well as the potential opening up from the zero COVID policy. So for these key topics were, I think, at the forefront of that meeting as well. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Zainab. Look, I want to stick with politics for a minute, actually, because, you know, you and I are, are sitting here in London, and obviously it was a very big week for the UK as well, um, because just yesterday on Thursday was the release of the autumn statement um, by the Chancellor. And, and of course, you know, if we look back to G20 as well, you had Rishi Sunak in his, um, well, I guess you call it his second international outing, wouldn't you, after COP27 in Egypt the week before. So UK also was was on the main stage this week and certainly certainly in the news, both politically and, you know, very much so. Let's talk about the economics now on the economic front with the release of that autumn statement. Any surprises there for you, Zainab? Um, yes, sure. You're, you're, you're right. UK really likes to be at the sta- for, uh, forefront of the stage in the political arena. And it was important for Rishi Sunak uh, to p- be present in G20 and COP27. Um, and I think he kind of gave the initial insights of the the 
the statement that we heard yesterday that they are quite keen to make sure that it is a sustainable budget plan. Um, yesterday, following the statement, we actually published a note about the details of what um, the Chancellor has explained and how it impacts our investors. But if I briefly summarize um, what uh, Jeremy Hunt uh, delivered was a 55 billion uh, plan in f uh, fiscal um, expansion. And he explained that it will be split into two parts, more or less half-half. Uh, one part is the tax and the second part is the spending. And he kind of gave the, the timeline in the way that tax will come first, spending um, cuts will be implemented a little bit later, actually following the election period. Um, so the key changes were in terms of the income tax thresholds, and there were some changes on the corporate tax as well. And they were very much expected windfall tax on the energy sector, with actually an addition on the low carbon and electricity producers, um, which was a, a, a big addition to their plan. And they expect around 14 billion additional money uh, from that. And he gave a, quite a, an impactful speech in the way that they are in control. They are really understanding the, the requirements of managing the whole and managing a sustainable budget. It's been an amazing uh, couple of weeks and, and months, actually, since the summer in UK politics. And, uh, well, it uh, it continues and, and continues to make the news, doesn't it? But thank you for that analysis. Um, I wanted just to touch on uh, two more things, actually, before we finish up today. And it's it's about that fiscal stimulus that that you described, because I know um, just across the channel in Europe, we had Ms. Lagarde speaking at a conference uh, today. This is on Friday. Um, and she talked about some of those fiscal measures, I believe. Did you um, take away anything particular? from her speech that's relevant for our listeners this morning. Yes, uh, that's right. The fiscal expansion and fiscal policies in Europe are at the forefront um, because of the fact that the price inflation and increase in cost of living is so critical for the European households. Um, UK is one of the biggest fiscal expansionary um, markets, but followed by most of the other European countries like Germany and Belgium, um, etc. Um, and in today's conversation, um, President Lagarde mentioned on that as well, as you rightly said. So she tried to emphasize the importance of temporary fiscal um, expansion because she's very um, keen on fighting with inflation. And today um, she once again highlighted and underlined the hawkish state of ECB. So she very openly mentioned that we will continue increasing rates. Uh, we are not going to uh, pause in our fight with inflation. And she explained that inflation in Eurozone is significantly higher than it should be. Um, but in addition to those two topics of temporary fiscal rate hike, one other um, thing that she mentioned was, I think, quite critical of the energy um, dependencies how to fight with the energy dependency and how to manage the supply shock issues um, around the globe. So she's very critical around the European Union's um, broad dependency and uh, undiversified structure uh, on both of these two topics. And I think she explained that ECB is going to be there to support um, the economy in, in every possible way so that um, European households will will not suffer while ECB is hiking rates um, and they will support the government with their diversification plan. 
Very good. And uh, speaking of those households, we can't finish this podcast this week and certainly over the next month without talking about (laughs) something that so many households, not just in Europe, but all around the world will be glued to their television screens, watching some football matches, won't they, over in Doha in Qatar. Zainab, um, I'm sure your CIOs all over the world are thinking very carefully (laughs) about this and using your analytical tools to work out who it's going to be that will eventually lift that trophy at the end of the tournament. Zainab, first question for you, who's it going to be and how they're going to do it? (laughs) I think this is going to be a big um, test for all of us, uh, whether analytics will win over emotions. Um, So we'll we'll see. But um, I would uh, guess if if my analytical hat comes in, Brazil will have a very big chance of winning. So you're right, we will be watching very carefully. It is a quite a controversial event also, so we will also watch around what will happen on that uh, topic. Um, But it will be quite a fun 29 days. And I don't know if you knew that this is apparently one of the shortest uh, after the 1978 World Cup. Um, It's quite a compact uh, World Cup period. So you see another fact for you. Thank you very much, Zainab. 29 days of a football festival. We're all looking forward to it immensely. And to everyone that's listening, good luck to your teams. Uh, This has been your CIO Weekly Investment Outlook podcast with Zainab Ozturk, our CIO in EMEA, and myself, Stuart Haslam. Great to have you listening and have an excellent week. Bye-bye. In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia Pacific, this podcast may be considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the U.S., No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains and losses and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, This may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority and by Germany's Central Bank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated, a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC, and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information, and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2022 Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.